0: After years and years and years, we can finally say, it's waffle season once again. Because who needs pancakes when you're Stoffel Van Dorn? Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Welcome to episode 388 of Motorsport 101. I am your friend and neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And welcome to the season finale of our 2022 Formula E season. Season 8, the final weekend of the Gen 2 era of Formula E. And uh, for the season finale, we packed our bags and went to Seoul in South Korea, thankfully, Uh, We were able to get this weekend off of it without any hitches. We did get some rain, though, and that was uh, that that became very prevalent in race one, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, thankfully, um, only minor, only, only, only minor rain disrupted the whole weekend. Sad to hear that eight people sadly lost their lives out of all the flooding as well. So, you know, obviously our thoughts with them. But hey, the season's over. We made it all the way to the end, and in the end, Stoffel Van Dorn is your new Formula E world champion. It's about damn time. It is about damn time. I think we can all universally say that. Um, With me to break down this monumentous occasion, first and foremost, is RJ O'Connell. Hello, RJ.
1: I believe that this makes Staffel Van Dorn the first race department community member to win a world championship in single seater racing. I-, I cannot confirm that. I- I'm counting like anybody that was there like pre-pandemic. Everybody gets in a sim racing at the same time, sort of thing. Uh, but you know that that might be uh, that might be uh, a statistic worth keeping in the back pocket. You know, apart from the other one where he became only the third world champion of a major formula series to win the title with only just one win, including Keke Rosberg. Who was the other guy? Mind your business.
0: <laughs> Obviously, oh, I was thinking more Yoan Mir personally, but that works too. The one-win champion. We'll get, we'll get into that in a bit as well. And with me as well, as well again, who is still pouring out a cold one over his beloved Porsche. It's Cam Buckley.
2: Uh, beloved is a strong word these days. Um, we're going through our Scuderia Ferrari phase. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but they, re- but they got that trademark registered. They got that trademark registered. Hopefully, you know, if the FIA stops sticking around with the engine regulations, we'll be able to talk about that soon.
0: It's a, it's, it's a very closely guarded secret that Porsche might be coming into Formula One. Mike. It's so
2: closely guarded. It's so closely guarded that we had an F1 related trademark filed this morning in Germany.
0: <laughs> totally a secret. How could anybody have discovered this? I think uh. we're all
1: bearing the most important lead as we're about to discuss the end of this Formula E season. So um back when we did our season preview, we all uh we all decided that we uh we were gonna we were gonna nail our uh we were going to predict who the champions were going to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ryan Eric King, our sweet and beloved boy, Navajalopnik, picked D.S. Tachita and Antonio Felix Costa to sweep. Bad luck there. <laughs> Cam Buckley, you picked Diaz Tachita to win the team championship, and you had said that you had felt peer pressured into picking Pascal Verline to win the driver's title.
2: Yeah, Somehow I
0: don't believe that.
2: Yeah, I was peer pressured, and uh, either way it didn't work
0: out. To be, to be fair, that, that uh, guilty is charged, up. This one, this one's on me. <laughs>
1: which, which then leaves us with a split because I said Envision Racing we're going to win the teams championship. That didn't quite work out. No. Dre, you of course have been on the record for multiple episodes <laughs> that you you were ride or die with Jaguars Mitch Evans. Mitch, bruh! you did not swing and miss. What you did was you looked at a pitch that could have been called either way, and they called it strike three. And now the home team's uh, play-by-play announcer is telling us how terrible it is and you how the filthy am-
2: umpiring son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> but in the end, you did pick Mercedes to win the team's championship. Yes, and I the oracle of the podcast,
2: the Stoffel Van
1: Dorn to win the Drivers' Championship.
2: Well I, well, I mean, you have to look at it like this. I mean, Stoffel Van Dorn won Mercedes their single-seater Drivers' Championship this mm-hmm. year. Clearly better than either Hamilton or Russell could ever hope to be.
0: Oh, God, no. We're going to get hung. Like, direct all hate mail at C Buckley 917 <laughs> on Twitter. I want no parts of this. Let me say on the record, I do not Endorse or condone anything that Cam Buckley has said in the last fifteen seconds. But yes, I got a prediction right. I got a prediction right. We, we can we... split a case of Mountain Dew. Yes, I will take a split. Is that the is that the diet? It is the diet. All well, he has a packet. Breakfast of, uh, of, Doritos. of
2: champions. Nectar of the gods.
0: Oh God! Yes, yes, yes. This is my moment. Although I really would have liked Mitch to win the title, that would have been the ultimate "fuck you, King" after mocking me <laughs> in, in, for British. like the end of race one. He hits me with the Goodfellas laughter gif after saying that Mitch will go to the last bra, and I was like, "God fucking damn it!" Because we all know the man's batted for stuff all over the years, and understandably so. So, uh, yeah, you win this round, King. I'll get you on the football field when your New York Jets take the field. Any better than
2: the other kind of football for you right now. We weren't I wasn't even going to bring that up,
0: cam, I haven't told you how much of a bastard you are sometimes. yes. Good. Here's, here's another one. You're a bastard. <laughs> it,
1: it's not it's not worth bringing up Manchester United, the Tiffany brand of all English Premier League side, uh, <laughs> losing four nothing to Brentford, which is in its second year of top light football ever.
2: This is a this is a big Scooteria Ferrari moment. <sighs> it, the... Actually, no. This is this is like this is like the 2020 Italian Grand Prix where. The two Ferraris both went out early and the other Italian team brought home the win. Ugh.
0: Why must you hurt me like this?
1: I'm not... I'm, for the record, I, I, I'm I'm not endorsing any of this interpersonal violence.
0: <laughs> I just didn't want to lose to Brentford and our new fancy green kits, but No!
2: <laughs>
0: no! torched by Ivan Tony, the man who said fuck Brentford on a Snapchat while shagging an OnlyFans model I don't <laughs> like it here
2: Dre, Dre cle- cleanse your mind of the OnlyFans model, tell the good people <sighs> where they can find us
1: Okay We don't have an OF account if you're wondering
0: No, no, the feet pics will be saved for another day. Well, we're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. If you have to follow my personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckley917. Remember, send him the hate mail. Um, We're on Instagram at Motorsport101pod. Um, we are also uh, on uh, Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Check us out on there if you want to back us and get early access to episodes and access to our Discord server as well. All of that good stuff on there. And of course, check out all of that and more on our website, Motorsport101.com. So the latest Ask Dre went up there this past weekend as Ask well. Dre. Astray went up. It was a huge two and a half, like almost 3000 word whopper. I wonder what everybody wanted to talk about off, off the back of last week. Any guesses, <laughs> you know, Fernando Alonso, maybe Oscar Piastri, you know, um, some fun stuff on F2. Willpower came up and, uh, Me mocking Ferrari a lot. It's it's, it's a a fun time. Do Ah, check it out. A
2: true family pastime.
0: Yes, yes. A a, a tale as old as time. Mocking Ferrari. All of that on our story. And there should actually be one more piece maybe up by the time this episode goes out. I've got to dig it up out of my work bag. Me talking about the nature of burnout in Formula 1. Do check that out. It's a a, a good time. But uh, yes, uh, all the written stuff, all our content in general and our Patreon page and where you can find us. All on our website, motorsport101.com. Right, now, just before we get into the the E-Prix of Seoul and the final weekend, it's only fair that if you missed the London E-Prix, we'll give you a little catch-up, courtesy of us at Motorsport 101. (laughs)
1: Uh, as we all know, uh, London, of course, a very small metropolis in a, in a in a country that's not really known as a a, a, a established motorsport market. Right, right. Um, so Jake Dennis had himself a near perfect weekend. He got every point available in race was one, in his one bag. for pole position. Mm. He finished ahead of Super Formula legend Stoffel Van Dorn and Nick Cassidy rounding out the podium after Nick DeVries was sent from third to sixth via a five-second time penalty after running Cassidy into the wall on the final lap. Keep
2: we had that in such- mind. Uh, Nick DeVries becomes important later.
1: Mm. We had some championship implications, as Eduardo Martar was hit by Sam Bird on the opening quarter and only finished 18th, while Mitch Evans went from 14th to 5th in the first race. As an aside, Sam Bird missed the sole e which means that his streak of consecutive winning seasons, unfortunately, came to an end.
0: Oh. In race
1: two, Lucas Degrassi beat Jake Dennis in a tight shootout for the win. Nick DeVries finishes in third, cleanly this time, Poor one out for Antonio Giovinazzi, who was set Ugh. for a top eight finish, but got no. clapped for using too much power at the finish. And just to make things worse, he gets he gets a problem in his hand in race one at Seoul. And look who's coming through the curtain, Sasha Fenestraz filling in on less than a day's notice yeah. in the second Dragon Car for the season finale. But race two also had even more championship implications. Stoffel Van Doren didn't make the duels in qualifying, but he went for 13th to 4th anyway. Mitch Evans qualified 14th again. He fought his way all the way into 4th, but then during added time in race 2, the car dies, inverter failure, DNF. Eduardo Martar qualifies 17th, does not finish in the points at 13th. He picks up a collision penalty. He spins. It's not a good day. And jean Eric Vern's car dies just 4 minutes into this race 2. That effectively ends his title, hopes So Trey. Heading into the final weekend, scores on the doors. Stoffel Van Dorn is at 185 points. He is cruising. Mitch Evans has 149 points. Eduardo Mortar has 144. It's still these three Drivers' Championships. There's like a slim window that Vern could have wanted, but realistically he would have had to have a perfect weekend and for everybody else to just completely shit the bed. So it's just these three. And now, Trey... Let's head over to Seoul, South Korea. Home of the Pokemon Parade.
0: Home, home of the Pikachu Parade. We love to see it. Um, all that voltage. It was only fitting that uh, Seoul roll out the red carpet at their Olympic Stadium with a fleet of Pikachus. You'd love to see it. Uh, the title decider, the doubleheader at Seoul to decide who would become Formula e World Champion. And well, Mitch Evans liked to, liked to tease us. He teased this by pretty much dominating race one. Took advantage of a great start. Oddie Rowland qualified on pole. Yeah, Oddie Rowland on pole, but got a terrible start on on what was a very wet track to start off with. Um, But Evans went around the outside, took the lead early on, didn't really look back. Even after an early red flag, um, because, um, count them, seven cars went into the wall at the final corner. Seven.
1: Didn't we have something like this at a recent? Didn't this happen recently?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just just, just when you thought New York wasn't enough uh, airplane-style accidents in Formula E, we had one more to round off the even season. Be-
2: even better kind of accident. We had a millions and millions and millions of dollars in damage crash.
0: Yep. Yeah red flag, seven cars in the wall. I think most of them were actually, were able to continue afterwards, funnily enough. Um, luckily that most of the damage was only uh, damaged pride and the fact you were going viral on Twitter afterwards um, but afterwards yeah Evans would go on to win comfortably ahead of Oddie Rowland uh, in second and Lucas Degrassi third who by the way now teammates for next year at Mahindra um, so yeah that was announced of, of, of just before the weekend had started That's obviously we knew, we knew that Alex Sims was leaving Formula e at the end of the season and Lucas Degrassi will take his place at Mahindra next year more on that towards the end the show and in case you were wondering Stoffel van Dorn was fifth so Evans did actually get the gap down to 21 points enough to keep the fight alive until the final day of the championship on Sunday morning so the gap was 36 it was 21 Mitchell's plus was plus 15 at the end of that one and well the long shot became an even longer shot after qualifying. Jaguars' lack of qualifying pace bites them one last time. Mitch Evans could only qualify 13th. Stoffel qualifies 4th. It needed pretty much a Evans win and a Van Dorn 8-4 lower. So when the grid was looking like that to start off with, That was pretty much Evans' fate sealed right there. And then Edo Mortara uh, would would probably sit in his car thinking what could have been. He dominated race two, completely ran the field over uh, in his Venturi um, in a last attempt to maybe steal second in the championship. It didn't work out for him. Um, And Stoffer van Dorn took it easy, followed him home, crossed the line in second, So your winner of the Season 8 World Championship of your new world champion, Stoffel Van Dorn, ladies, gentlemen, and friends outside the binary. Uh, There you have it. Stoffel Van Dorn ultimately season champion by 35 points over Mitch Evans in second. Gentlemen, what did you make of our new champions campaign and his closest contender in Mitch Evans?
1: Well, let's talk about, first and foremost, the night and day difference between... This year and last year, Uh, we are, of course, joined by the wild sounds of uh, my apartment complex's landscaping department uh, (laughs) uh, for this discussion of, you know, we 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 said a lot about last year's uh, four group championship order qualifying (laughs) format that by the point that it was phased out last season in 2021. It was apparent that this was turning Formula E's championship in a lot. Of don't be, don't get me wrong. We loved a good championship fight, Cohen, in Berlin last season, but that was a bit much. This time, we got a little bit more normalcy, and boy, it shows in Stoffel van Dorn, who had a phenomenally consistent year. Only one win, but eight podiums, and I think you could count on one hand the number of drivers who had eight top ten finishes
2: last season. Let alone was, pretty much spent, pretty much spent the whole year in the top five. And ultimately, that consistency was only present with one Stoffel Van Dorn on this entire grid.
0: Whether was, it was the only... driving
2: consistency as well as the reliability of his car. Because Mitch probably would have been right alongside him. But too many times this year did the Jaguar fail.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking from the Mitch bruh perspective, we have Mitched our last bruh. One uh, last bruh. One last bruh. And it was looking
1: uh, dead after Mexico. It, it really was. And then he sweeps Rome. He is back in contention. But that, uh, that inverter failure at London, that's a, that's a, that's a gut punch. That
2: was the, it, that was
0: the nail. That, that was the death sentence right there and then. And it's a damn shame because, you know, that was in added time. If, if that was a standard race, Evans probably makes the flag. That's what makes it even more of a crippler. The added time killed him. Um, that absolutely brutal. And look, Evans, when he is on it, when that Jaguar is on it, he is incredibly hard to beat. He is such a fast driver. When, when we've seen that, it, as a fan of Mitch, I am genuinely gutted because his last—I'd argue—going into the final race last year, he was favourite too. In Berlin, a couple, a couple, you know, he, he was right there, front row start, ready to go. Car dies on the start, then gets plowed into at forty G's. It, it was it was a rough way to go out. We went out sad, and then we arguably went out even sadder here. Um, look, Evans won four races this year. Like the pace was there on occasion, but Jaguar's floor was outside of the points on numerous occasions. We saw it with Sam Bird, who. Really did struggle this year for a driver of his proven quality in Formula E. And yeah, like there are times when Mitch is unstoppable, but Jaguar just has too many weaknesses as an entity, as a team. No qualifying pace pretty much all year long. They struggled to even make the duels on many occasions. It was Mitch often putting out big lap after big lap, just trying to get in there. And or a lot of the time he was outside, of those jewels when he was in there. And then the reliability, as Cam mentioned, you know, all it takes is one or two, and it can completely blow your season out of the water, especially when Stoffel
2: was He's virtually a, he was out of the points one time across 16 races. I wanted in to get to that series, point.
1: The it, only time he was out of the points, the only time he was out of the points, he was less than two-tenths of a second away from 10th place.
2: Yeah. And in this series where... Really, what's more important is your floor rather than your ceiling most of the time. Mm. A floor that is always inside the points is going to get you most of the way towards a championship. And then he just was relentlessly consistent all year.
0: Yeah, just did. He just didn't give any of his major rivals any real purchase. In, a, in a, over a long period of time to take points out of him because he was always there. In Mortara. We, not, I didn't mention Mortara in minute, but let's not forget, Mortara won four races as well this season. In the second Venturi, the Mortara Mercedes, had another great season. Yeah, let's not forget, in all the chaos of last year, he was runner-up. And I think he only missed out by a handful of points. Like Mortara is really, really good at this. Like I, I don't think it gets stated enough how good Mortara is in Formula e. And again, won four races this year. But the but he had a horror show after Berlin. Like just so many either screw ups. Completely
2: died out after uh, after Berlin.
0: Yeah, like the, the season completely disintegrated. Driver oh. errors, reliability errors. The whole bag, everything that could have gone wrong, went wrong.
1: Berlin, Jakarta, Marrakesh, he's on the podium four straight races. And then New York City, he consolidates points and then goes scoreless for the next three races. So by the time he wins the finale at Seoul, it's already
0: done and dusted for him. Yeah, it's already over by that point. It's, yeah, Motara, really, really good. Really high upside. Mitch Evans, again, really high upside doesn't matter. You you want the floor in a series as chaotic as this one. Um, And yeah, it goes to show you that uh, yeah, Van Dorn, just so, so good. Barely put a foot wrong all year. Had some... The biggest mistake he made all year was missing the attack mode in Saudi Arabia in a race he probably would have won. That's about it. Like, Like, that really is about the extent of... I mean, Stoffer wasn't the best qualifier, but the qualifying format was still a bit random across the board this year. Certainly better than what it was last year. Cause, uh, Herboy oh boy last year was, uh, that was a trip. This uh, was say...
1: vindication for, this was vindication for what's the potential that Stoffel Van Doren showed before he got to F1. Because up until he got that full-time F1 seat at McLaren, my man was a walking W and everything is stepped in. Formula Renault 2.0s, mm. Formula Renault 3.5 series. Let's not forget he pushed Kevin Magnuson all the way to the end of the season as a rookie in that series.
2: RJ, I mean, let's not forget his actual F1 debut. Yeah, points on he debut. Was first points on debut for a reserve driver since this guy, I think his name is Sebastian. I guess he turned out all right. Mm, decent driver. He dominated GP2 in 2015 in his second year, but I'd argue it's
1: just impressive in his first year when he finished runner-up in the championship to Julian Palmer at a time where experience really mattered in GP2, trying to get your head around the Pirelli tires, and Stoffel Van Doren might have been the closest to a rookie champion we'd seen since Nico Hulkenberg. My man stepped into Super Formula and won two races in his debut season. But for whatever reason... Be it that just McLaren put all their eggs into the Alonzo basket, or whatever is, kind of dumb shit was
2: going on at the time, it just never materialized. And like he spent half of 2018 with a broken chassis, dude.
1: I'm not. He, I'm not trying to say this to be to downplay how awesome it is for him to win the Formula E World Championship. That goes on a CV forever. He is a world champion. I just lament that it didn't happen in the series that it was always supposed to happen in.
2: Yeah. But uh I mean considering Zach Brown's been handing out pre-contracts like the candy. You never <laughs> like, know he could find his way back there.
1: Like I I I don't begrudge that like McLaren eventually turned it around with different drivers. I just wish that they didn't have to burn through Stoffel and Kevin Magnussen to get to the point where they were just like, okay, we really can't screw this up with Lando.
0: Yeah, it's like, I at least respect the fact that Zach Brown openly admitted that he had essentially failed Stoffel at McLaren for all the shit that had happened to him when he was over there. Essentially, unreliable car, cracked chassis that only Fernando pointed out in good faith regarding his car. You know there was a lot of shit that got in the way of, of Stoffel's greatness potentially being shown. He was dealt the mother of all bad hands, and it happens in motorsports sometimes. But he has his moment, and this is this is this is uh, this is one of the best fields in global motorsport. Do not get it. To a oh, moment. it
1: absolutely is. Like, like you, like, you drop this field into Formula One, and you, and you maybe the valleys, maybe the peaks aren't as high, but the valleys. Uh, they're not as low as you might think
0: right all these
1: dudes can hang
0: yeah these this is this is one of the strongest rosters in global motorsport there is so much prestige you know le mans wins you know in, endurance titles sports car victory single seater glory you name it like this series has it and for stoffel to come out on top in a in a series which yeah is to a degree designed for randomness you know still a, a series that is still quite spec on many areas as well For stuff to have come out on top like that incredibly impressive um and yeah like a, a salute to mercedes For only three years in Formula E, four championships
2: yep it's the only single seater championship they're looking at this year
0: <laughs> but yeah like, like 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 i said so mercedes why are you leaving again uh you know Four world titles in three years, and you, you, you decided that's enough? Okay. This
1: is a certified DTM moment.
0: Very. Oh, God. V- very horny. Where's
2: Timo Glock to cut a promo on Mercedes for quitting? If we, if we peel this three-pointed star off, there's a red H
0: underneath. <laughs> you think you're special? You do. Anyway, I mean, yes. Congratulations to Stoffel Van Dorn, like, like one of the real underlooked guys in recent history of the way his hand has been dealt in motorsport, and I'm glad he gets his moments. Commiserations to Mitch Evans and 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 Edo Mortara, two good dudes, great ambassadors for the series, and, you know, just two good dude right there i've never heard a bad word said about mortara in formularies paddock ever i hope he gets his moment one day because he's he'd be a great guy to to uh to be a champion in this series one day dude, but, it's uh,
1: wild that eduardo mortara is
0: 35 now and
1: sam bird is still like a couple months older that 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 that, <sighs> that seems fake
0: that does seem fake Sam Bird is thirty-five. Good God. I, I feel old here. when he was
1: when he was wrecking shit in GP two in his last year, everybody was pointing out like, oh yeah, he's like the oldest young driver in with a with a shot to make Formula One, which he never, never
2: eventually forget, did. Never forget firing up the Codemasters F one games from the early twenty tens and seeing some of these dudes in the young driver test you start the game with.
0: Nicholas Prost. Remember that? Unfortunately. Remember
2: <laughs> remember
0: Formula E mainstay Nicholas Prost. Oh man. Remember the,
1: the, inaugural champion Nelson PK Jr.
0: No, no, I don't remember him. Um <laughs> after I called Nicholas Prost after the very first race in Formula E, the trebuchet. Um asked Nick Heinfeld about that one. So
2: PK or his racist father.
0: <sighs> exactly. So with Seoul's biggest street circuit debut, of course, this weekend, this past weekend in Formula E, the first major motorsport event in South Korea since their final F1 race, remember Yognam? Those were the days. 2013. Oh.
2: <laughs> Sebastian <laughs> Sebastian Vettel has entered the chat and then driven away from the chat.
1: They told me <laughs> I could
0: be,
2: they told this Jeep it could be anything and it became a Formula 1 car.
0: Yep. It's about the only thing that beat Sebastian Vettel in Korea. Um, him,
2: <laughs> him and Romain Grosjean in the second half of that year. Good God,
0: <clears> The Beatons. Yeah, So, yeah, South Korea's first major motorsport event in almost a decade. 22 corners, Big old track. Drove through uh, Jamsil Sports Complex. And uh, here's one for you, RJ. Home of, the, home of the KBO teams. I know you're a baseball Two man. Two of them.
1: Two of yeah. them. The LG Twins and the Doosan Bears. And, of course, the 1988 Summer Olympic Games. Good history in this park.
0: I, I I love the fact that Jack Nichols didn't mention the most famous thing to come out of the 1988 Olympics. You know, some, some runner called Ben. Apparently he ran quite fast one day. Oh, and, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. He did that through uh, through
2: training and
1: well-balanced breakfasts.
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot of balanced breakfasts and, and nothing else. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, Sit-ups,
2: push-ups, and plenty of juice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I got that reference. Capri Suns. <laughs> i want to win an Olympic gold medal i want i want i want to um so with all that in mind how did you find this new track on the calendar and did it provide good racing
1: i want to talk about how cool it is that we have a world championship motor race back in this country for the first time in a decade because damn you know you know how like the shanghai circuit how they built it in the middle of fucking nowhere, but eventually all that stuff got filled out. And up until COVID and E capped it, it, it was doing pretty well for itself as a Formula mm. One venue. Um, well, that was the plan for the Young Gam circuit, and that just never happened. It was too far out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and within four years it was cut. But it's cool that we have this race in Seoul, in the heart of downtown. Uh Again, Formula E has a knack for being able to pick up races and venues that Formula E has either left behind or can't touch in the case of Switzerland, and then just not being able to do anything with them. I I can't really Stop vouch deflecting. for the circuit
2: of the self. Stop deflecting. This track was aggressively mid. I was gonna be nice about it it's not even that it's terrible, it's just unremarkable.
0: Yeah, the track needs work is what I was going to look at. I mean, I could see what they were trying to do, and I know they wanted the big podium spectacle of having, you know, the podium inside the stadium, which, you know, would have been a good look, good visual, but it made the track too narrow, and it made passing a premium, and like, turn one was really like the only major passing opportunity and the only downside to that really was just the simple fact that it made a lot of this track one line like like one car wide one car corners and it just it just didn't work out how you would have liked and that's unfortunate and yeah, like I felt like it could have been better on on this one. I don't think it was dreadful by any stretch, but
2: um, here's here's my worry, Dre, is that with the Gen Three cars being an order of magnitude faster, how future proofed is this track really?
0: I got a feeling it might be a struggle because, uh, like I said, the 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 Gen Three cars
1: are going to be faster.
0: They're going to be faster. I think we're talking much faster. 3, 320 kilojoules we're talking here. Like, they're going to be significantly faster. They're talking about 200 mile an hour top speeds here. And they're not going to get anywhere near that on these street circuits, of course. But that's they're going to be significantly quicker. Where are you going to pass these dudes? Like, where are you going to overtake? Where are, you, are you going to be able to follow around here? Like, is that, po- is that conceivable? Um, that's the questions I've got going forward for this place. And it it was a high-pressure scenario for South Korea because their first race on the calendar was the season finale. And that's that's always a tough break. Um, people are going to be very judgmental and people are going to want to see a show. And the most we got of that was uh, the crying Jaguar garage after the race one win, really. And uh, that's about as far as it went, really. Um, at least the podium looked nice. That was cool. Even if they had to make they can do an extra lap to to get back to the, uh, to get back and then turn the cars off. So they could, uh, so they could get to the podium, which I thought was quite funny. Um, I, I called it hashtag Scott Elkins is tired. He's like, like, <laughs> like just, we just want to go home. Like, 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 could cars five, 11, and nine do an extra lap and then, you know, just park off at the stadium, please. You have to say it twice, poor guy. I think Elkins just wanted to go home at that point. Like we've all been there. We, we know how that feeling is. <laughs> um,
1: but... Snap judgment is sold better or worse
2: than Cell London in its current state. You're making me pick between two 1920s diseases. Um, Mm, I would probably say I'd probably say this one purely for the fact that it was a new track. Yeah, and it was—it's just not that enjoyable to watch. You know, Gran Turismo Four had a layout that's just—it's right there. Exactly. Could have used that. I mean, if someone ends if someone ends up in the drink, so be it.
0: You know, um, I think it was fine. I I mean, I don't, I don't like London's layout at all. It's a good vibe, and I've seen you know fans that have gone to the London ePrix, and you know, generally it's gone over well, and it 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 get it generates a good atmosphere and whatnot. But they
1: they have a steady and consistent venue that is not subject to environmental protest and then of course is not subject to terrible single file racing yeah that we tolerate just because it's in london
0: yeah exactly yeah i think this track may need some work i think the whole thing might need some widening if possible you know more places where you could possibly overtake if possible but uh, at least it's in the middle of the year next year so that you know you don't have to put too much pressure on it to be you know the big finale race of the year because I don't think it quite worked out how, how they would have wanted on that one now there was also a, a significant milestone for Formula e or two if you really want to go, go down that road not only was it the final race of the Gen 2 era it was also the 100th race in the series for Formula E, which is, which is, we did it, which, Hey, we could say season nine will start with the hundred and first Formula E race. Bitchin
2: hashtag on brand.
0: Love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are your closing thoughts on this era of Formula E and how are you feeling about Gen free starting in January?
1: Um, Gen three is going to start with a very, very interesting, uh, new set of partnerships uh because yes we have mclaren taking over the entry slot of mercedes but you also have venturi transforming into maserati's factory team you have the new partnership of ds automobiles and dragon and the rumored super team of jean eric verne and stoffel van dorn mm. which may happen I got to say, if that happens, and if Dragons still can't get their shit together, I don't know what's happening. But you also have Apt is coming back, the former Audi factory team. Yeah. You have Andretti with new powertrains from Porsche. Really, on the team side, the only uncertainty is what happens to Tachita now that they've lost DS. They've lost John Eric Vernon. Oh, by the way, they've lost Antonio Felix da Costa, who is now a Porsche factory driver. And Sebastian Blemi is now also at Envision. He has left the only team he's ever known, Nissan E-Dams. And that is just going to be the start of what will be a very, very busy transfer market in Formula E. Because some of the hot rumors, we're going to form some interesting partnerships.
0: What have you heard on the grapevine?
1: (sighs) So what i'm hearing and this may or may not be confirmed
0: yeah by the time this comes
1: out or may these may not even happen but we're but i'm hearing things to the effect of nick devries at maserati alongside mortara oh uh that's uh that's something that's in the pipeline uh that that one-off appearance from sasha Fenestraz at dragon that's not going to be no one-off because he may be the new face of nissan formula e which is amazing how he ends up back in the hands of the Alliance uh, <laughs> after all these years. But uh, if I'll tell you, and I know this is going to be me shilling for another dude who races in a Japanese national championship, the only way Sasha Fenestraz does not succeed is if Nissan does not elevate their game alongside him because he is world championship material. Mm, mm. And then we still have the question of who's going to drive for McLaren Formula E. Yeah. Because as it turns out, it's not likely to be Felix Rosenquist after
2: all.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, God. No more pre-contract Zach. I beg of you. (laughs)
0: no more handshake agreements no more pre-contract agreements no more fucking approaching people that are already under contract zach calm it the fuck down uh, and uh, if this was a visual medium still I, I guarantee you there'd be a cutaway now of like a photoshop picture of zach brown on the phone saying hey stuff for old pal how about we run it back one more time for old time's sake hey eh? hey no how, how do you like a how do you like a uh
1: a potential McLaren team of a returning Red A-Rast, and either Will Stevens, Oliver Turvey, or Matsy Gunter, who are
0: all options. Spicy. We all know Gunther can drive with the right car underneath him. Gunther- How do y'all like a uh, potential
1: um, Andretti Porsche team of Jake Dennis and Andre Lotter?
2: Uh, Andre Lotterer is wash. Jake Dennis, I put my faith in you.
0: Jake Dennis could be a future world champion in this class. Like Dennis is, when when the, again when the Andretti car is good, Jake Dennis is insane. Like he is such a talent. Um, he's, a, he's the sort of guy where I was like, you know what? Maybe you should be an Indy car, just a force. Um,
1: I like the combination of Cassidy and Wemy and Invision. Is Cassidy? That's a, really good, is, that's a lineup. really good lineup. Cassidy's now a winner. Doesn't matter how he got it. He still is. And Sebastian Wemy, hey, he needed a change of scenery. And I don't he believe he needs
2: it. a change of Okay. He needs a change of scenery, but we're going to see very quickly whether he still got it oh, or yeah. not.
0: We'll know quickly on that one. But so it was like, where's Robin Freins going then? Um,. I have it here. This is from
1: Sam Smith at the race. Uh they're doing a uh, a Formula E twenty twenty three projected driver lineup, and it's not certain hmm. uh what Robin Friends will be doing next season, but he is he is in the shop window for apt.
0: Should be a good guy to build a team around. Oh yeah. Fantastic,
1: fantastic haul if they get them.
0: Oh yeah, that would be a hell of a coup. My word. Um,
1: Again, this is all just speculative, of course. Yes, of course. For entertainment purposes only, until they are announced or not announced.
0: Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. It's the future. Allegedly. Um, key word here: sprinkle it. Sprinkle it all over. Allegedly.
1: But back to thoughts on the end of this era and the beginning of another. I feel optimistic about the future. Formally. As long as they understand what the the product that the series has and, you know, how to not market it so that way it goes up against Formula E and every other form of mainstream motorsport.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I'm cautiously optimistic. Look, there is a lot. And I stand by this because I know this series gets a lot of hate on social media. And some of it is deserved. I'm not going to dispute that. Some of it, I think, is over the top. Like what is it, on Twitter these days? But besides my point, um, I, de- I-, I described Gen Two as a delicious bowl of ramen where there's nails in the broth, and it's like you're taking a big old gulp, and next thing you know, there's a nail sticking out of your tongue, and it's not, it's not nice. There's been some genuinely brilliant racing, like, and I still stand by this that the overall formulary product is good more often than it is bad, and that is a good thing. You know, like it's rare that a Formula E race is a complete bore fest, and that's a good thing for the most part. You know, this is like this is we are in the entertainment business, no matter which way we slice it. But I've been critical of this series and its organisational problems for quite some time. This season felt like a season where I was quite critical of a lot of what Formula E was doing. You know, the the dual format was a mess to start off with on TV as a product. I was there's still some elements of it I don't like like the side by side shots I don't like the big brother style driver rooms debriefings or some of the cringy clips during, during qualifying sessions that you know where they talk down to their audience and say oh this is why qualifying is important one lap baby it's all great and I'm like you guys sound like parodies of yourselves it's it's and then the part of the reason we didn't have a london e pre-episode straight up with you guys is because it was on at the same time as formula 1 and no one watched it no one watched it live because the f1 was on at the same time and that there was absolutely zero reason for that to happen that to have happened none they could have easily rearranged the calendar Or even the timings on the day itself to avoid a clash with F1 and it directly clashed. And it's just, it's, it's little things like that that make them come across as more Bush League than they actually are. And that's my beef with Formula E going forward. That it's just, there's some odd decisions that go on in that camp more than anything else. But, I am excited for the Gen 3 cars. I am excited to see what they can do. In race trim, I look, I, I, I do genuinely appreciate and respect the technology that goes into electric cars and, and subsequently electric racing. I do find that fascinating. I, I want to see the pinnacle of that development and seeing how it goes in Formula E. And, yeah. and if it produces a great product on top of that, that's, a, that's only a bonus. The talent is there, the cars are there, in my opinion. I still have concerns as well about some of the tracks they're racing around. Will they be able to adapt to these faster cars going forward? We'll have to wait and see. But I want to be optimistic for a brighter future, Um, you know, metaphorically and physically for for Formula E, because I I want to like this series. I really do. And I've watched from the very first race at the China box (laughs) where Nick Heinfeld was launched into the stratosphere. I've been there from race one to race 100, and I want to see this series do well.
1: You were there for the first hour when they did the formation lap, and oh, then yeah. for the next hour, where when they completed the rest of the race. And, and I'm kind of the same way. Um, that Formula E has uh, always has the potential to be a throwing race. Now, I know the full contact style of racing is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and I understand that. And sometimes it goes way, way over the top. But you're right; it's never, it's it's rarely ever boring. Right, for better, or for worse. Mm. And it is good that while the series has lost BMW and Audi and Mercedes in recent years, they are gaining uh they're gaining Maserati. They are they still have a number of their technical partners like Porsche and Nissan and Mahindra and
0: Jaguar. It's
1: not all terrible.
0: No. There's there's reasons to be positive here and I hope it I hope it continues. Anything to add, Cam, before we get out of here?
2: I mean, for me, I'm excited for the Gen 3 cars, mm. but ultimately the, the cars themselves have never been my issue with FE. I'm just concerned how those faster cars are going to end up on these tracks and with the drivers who are no-holds-barred no and more, way than, more, more ways than one with each other. And with stewards who seem to be completely incapable of setting a precedent of what deserves a penalty and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, that doesn't help either. That that certainly is a thing. But yeah, that's it for us and Formula E. Thank you to everyone that's listened to our episodes on, on over, over the course of the year on this one. Sorry we missed one in London and whatnot, and we had to bring a couple together like that. Scheduling's a bitch sometimes, so, so yeah, apologies for that. But uh, we'll be back in January for more Formula E. Season 9, the, the first race of the Gen 3 era and I believe I think that's January 14th I want to say so uh, the start
1: of the season is January 14th at Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez the Mexico City E-Prix opens the season boy I wonder how would it took to wrestle that away from diria mm,
0: that's a good question <laughs> like that is a good question I don't yeah.
1: think we want to know the answer to that but no it should no, be good me
0: should be good, should be good. Right, we'll be back next week uh, for MotoGP. They have the Austrian Grand Prix this coming weekend. One of the Race of the Year candidates on paper, you'd feel like Austria rarely has a boring round. So looking forward to that one. Even with the new chicane, we'll see how that goes down. And we also have IndyCar at Gateway as well. Three rounds to go in the championship. 33 points covering the top five. The final oval round of the year. Big, big title implications possibly on the table there. And thankfully, everybody involved in last week's beef has kissed and made up. We love to see it. Thank goodness.
1: And Thank- both of these races could eventually be sad because did you hear Kimi Raikkonen co- driving in the Cup Series of Watkins Glen this weekend?
0: Yeah.
2: NASCAR Truck Series legend finally gets his promotion to Cup.
0: Yeah, we, we we got Loris Heyselman's, Daniel Kiviat, Mike Rockenfeller in the seventy-seven, AJ Armendinger as usual, Daniel Kiviat and Kimi and Watkins Glen's gonna be a fun time. Uh, so yeah, keep, if you if you're not normally an NASCAR watcher, you might want to give that one a, a watch on Sunday evening. Just throwing that one out there. Right, let's get out of here. I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley. If you can find us, YouTube, Facebook dot uh, com forward slash motorsport one hundred and one, Twitter motorsport underscore one hundred and one at Harrison one hundred and one HD at RJ O'Connell at C Buckley nine one seven at Instagram at motorsport one hundred and one Pod, um also our website motorsport 101com for all our content and of course our Patreon page motorsport one hundred and one yeah, just search for that on Patreon. That's it's fine. I, I missed the rest of the URL. Who cares? Um, but yeah, as mentioned, MotoGP in Austria and uh, IndyCar Gateway next week. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Cam Buckley and RJ O'Connell. Until next time, I've been Dre Harrison, and that will Stoffle season. Sayonara.
1: The most important thing out of all of this. Is that with a change of official tire suppliers, he no longer hearts our podium ceremonies. Ugh. And our nightmares.
0: Rest in peace, Michelin man. You won't be missed. Go be
1: horny somewhere
0: else. Wait, who's who's, who's that at my door?